102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. It's 512-834-1027. You can follow me on X or Twitter or whatever we call it this week. I'm at Jeff Ward Show. If you want to post comments on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week, uh, do so. Just don't suck. Get to the point. Make the show better if you can. I'm at Jeff Ward Show. Make sure you check out the show podcast. We post it each afternoon. Subscribe to it. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcasts. Same with the YouTube channel. We post that each afternoon as well. Check it out. Uh, Jeff Ward Show on YouTube. I look like Shrek, but it seems to be doing pretty well. Uh, The head coach at Michigan is the poster child for all things big-time college football. The good and the bad, right? He proves the theory that if you're playing for trophies, you are untouchable. And he is absolutely untouchable. He proves that a major university that normally stands for rules and ethics, I know it's hard to believe, but a lot of these schools do, it's a good place, that normally stands for rules and ethics will completely check its morality at the door in the name of leaving the winning coach alone, even if he acts like a fool. And Jim Harbaugh, the head coach of Michigan, and soon to be an NFL coach somewhere, I think, has now served himself up for the greater cause. It's not often that I'm going to say I agree with Jim Harbaugh, but he's made a decent point for a change. Not that he's not a jackass, but he's made a decent point. (laughs) He is talking about minimum wage. Yeah. And yes, you should probably throw up on your shoes. So it goes something like this. Um, He's been suspended more games than he has coached this year. Okay? Now, if you were to steal from your employer... Would you get a raise? Jim Harbaugh, he didn't technically steal from his employer, but he's been suspended more games than he's coached. And so you need to follow the ethics of this. Right? So he's been suspended more games than he's coached. And he's a very good coach. Just want to be clear. Um, He has won everywhere that he has been. Everywhere. Including the NFL. And I suspect he'll go back. But this past weekend, Michigan beat Ohio State. A great game. It's the third straight time they've beaten Ohio State. Michigan clinched a spot in the Big Ten championship game, and they should win that one easily. The lovable Michigan coach that has lectured everyone on the rule of law and not long ago due process completely chickened out of a courtroom date and accepted a suspension from the Big Ten again. In other words, he had no comeback, and he would have been embarrassed. So the guy that has been suspended more games than he's coached this year has a base salary of $7.63 million. He wasn't on the sideline for the Ohio State game because his program was caught cheating in the most ridiculous way you could imagine. He didn't exactly defend himself. He backed away from it. The guy that wasn't on the sidelines, that hasn't been on the sidelines more games than not this year, is going to get a $500,000 bonus for the game he didn't attend. Got it? That's not it. If Michigan wins the Big Ten, they will. They beat Iowa. 
He gets a $1.5 million bonus. He can make over, and no, will likely make more than $10 million this year by reaching the Final Four in a season in which he's been suspended more games than he's coached. Now, it's hard in this time period to put perspective on things because of the Texas A&M debacle with Jimbo Fisher. But this should take it even further. The guy that has been suspended more games than he's coached, and for good reason, he's easily going to make $10 million, and now he wants to talk to you about minimum wage. And he's not wrong about this part of it. So the, uh, I guess I'll call him the Gandhi of college football. He says now he'll take, a pay, he'll take a pay cut so his players can make minimum wage. That's what he says. The Gandhi of college football. The Gandhi in khakis, we should say. Here's what Jim Harbaugh now says. Now, this is not the first time he said this. And again, I don't, I don't disagree with this. I've been advocating this for years. I don't think it's going to happen. But listen to Jim Harbaugh's logic on paying college athletes or football players. Associated Press says that Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh is ready to take less money if it means college football players and other athletes would be paid. He says, quote, for the players to be compensated, I'm using my voice. I would take less money for the players to have a share, he says. I hope other coaches would use their voice to express the same thing, end quote. I don't go here often, rarely, because I think he's a total jackass and a liar. But he's mostly right about where he's going. It won't happen. But he's not wrong. He says, who can be against the players being compensated for what they do, or at least even minimum wage? I mean, who could argue against that when there's injury or not, says the guy that's going to make $10 million this year, being suspended more games than he's coached. Got it? Okay. Um, if you scream, and you should... Wait a second there, Coach Gandhi. There's nothing stopping you from putting half your salary, 90% of your salary, even more, in a trust. He could put 90% of that money in there, problem solved. He could give out all of his money if he wanted to, but notice how that he doesn't. So you should throw up on your shoes. This guy's a piece of work. Now, the timing of this, of course, Jim Harbaugh is completely tone deaf. He doesn't, he doesn't factor in the audience at all. He doesn't even know what he's saying because he's untouchable. If you win, you are insulated and untouchable. And that's where he is. He can say stupid stuff. He can say hypocritical stuff. He can say stuff that most people are wondering, well, buddy, you're making $10 million. You can give it away. He doesn't get that. Now, he's not wrong about this. He's right that revenue sharing... Gosh, I've been saying this for 12 years. Before they even started handing cash to players, I was advocating this because you, sooner or later you're going to run into problems. They're going to say, where's mine? He's right that revenue sharing of the TV contracts should have been created. It should have. Um, they should have been ahead of this, but the industry has no leadership. It's extra greedy, and the coaches do everything. And so they're going to gobble up the money themselves and whine about it later. That's exactly what Jim Harbaugh is doing. So, yeah, they should have set up revenue sharing. Jim Harbaugh is saying it. Nick Saban is saying it. Several of the coaches now are saying it. But making them employees, and this is what people talk about all the time, it won't happen. And if it did, most of the football programs around today – 
would would end. They'd be finished. They would not play in big-time college football anymore because they could not keep up with the payroll. You couldn't take them on as employees, never mind the fact that are they employees or are they students? Because sometimes we pretend they go to class. So are they students or are they employees? Which way would you like it? Do they get workman's comp? Watch out for that one. Um, State benefits? Won't happen. It won't happen. Look, the revenue-sharing idea that Jim, greedy Jim Harbaugh, unethical Jim Harbaugh is advocating, it's not a bad idea. They should have gotten ahead of this. They should have. It's too late now. You know, everybody that's not named Texas or USC is screaming revenue-sharing. Even Jim Harbaugh is saying, minimum wage, please. It won't happen. Uh, it won't happen anytime soon. And they got they got a mess on their hands now. Uh, it's what's going to drive a lot of coaches that just can't compete with the money of some schools. It's going to drive them out of the game, which isn't necessarily a bad thing either. It could have happened had there been some leadership. It could have happened had there been some some progressive thinking, but it doesn't exist in that industry. So now the problem is there's a few major players that aren't going to want to do it, and you can't blame them. So even if somebody came along, it's not going to be Jim Harbaugh. He's going to be gone. Even if somebody came along and said, look, I'm the commissioner of college football, and what he's saying is right. This is a crazy system where you hand out sacks of cash to guys, and you know we, we're not even running anything like the NFL, which operates on revenue sharing. So we ought to put some revenue sharing in. There's going to be pushback. okay? And there's a few that don't want it and won't want it, and you'll understand why pretty quickly. Texas, Texas A&M and USC would say, uh, no, we're fine. No, no, don't do that stuff. Don't do revenue sharing. No way. And why wouldn't they want it? Because it would reduce their advantage <laughs> greatly. They don't want to level the playing field. Why would they want that? They can give players more than anyone else and do probably give more than anyone else. So why would they want to level the playing field with a Texas Tech or a, or a Arkansas or an Alabama even? Why would they want that level playing field? The revenue share needed to happen. It still needs to happen. Maybe one day it does if the industry wakes up, if the industry has any leadership and do what the NFL does. But... The greedy few that are understandably greedy, that are going to stay greedy, they're going to want it to stay the way it is, um, they're going to make a lot of noise. It's not going to be politically correct, but they're going to make a lot of noise to make sure it never sees the light of day. So I'm guessing in the end, even though Coach Gandhi is not wrong about this, and it's tough to hear him say anything, and it's pretty greedy and hypocritical, no doubt, but his, the context of what he's suggesting is right. It was the right idea. I'm guessing Coach Gandhi, Jim Harbaugh, that makes $10 million this season, is going to make $10 million this season. I'm guessing before long he's going into an industry where there is revenue sharing. He'll go back where he was before, I assume. It's not a bad idea, and he'll still do a good job. He's going to go to an industry that has revenue sharing. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. The Jeff Ward Show podcast, where the aliens are going to come and get you. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. Shut up, smoker voice. Let the child talk. Uh, just read where, hurry up, go get some seats. 
The Frank Irwin Center is being destroyed as we speak. I don't know how much. Well, all of it eventually. Anybody even know what I'm talking about? I realize, just realized I'm saying stuff that 98% of the residents or people of Texas have no idea what I'm talking about. The Frank Irwin Center. One time they tried to call it the drum. Never worked out. Terrible place to watch anything, to be honest. Your first concerts, best, worst, ready, go. Hmm. I can't even run down the list of everything I've seen there. Mostly bad, some good. <sighs> yeah, it's being torn down for pretty good reason, too. I remember, I'm trying to think of my first concert. I think my first concert, I was in eighth or ninth grade. And then, you know how far, this is how long I've been here. Um, then I would say, I've taken kids' shows. I mean, how many for the people, let's see, the three of us that have been in Austin more than, you know, 10, 15 years. I'm trying to think of how many graduation ceremonies I've been to in the Frank Irwin Center. I didn't even go to mine I and mean, everyone else's. Such a stale place. But I remember, <laughs> I don't know why this moment stands out to me. I've seen plenty of bad shows and some, and some good ones too, but it's funny, a friend, <laughs> friend of mine, I have no idea how he gets tickets to the cult concert. Don't know. You know what? I don't know. It's been a long week, whatever. I said, yeah, yeah, let's go. About that time, we're both at the concessions. I mean, I go to get a beer or whatever. It's the cult concert. I'm the only person there that does not have black nails. And all of a sudden, I see my buddies there, too. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's too loud. Oh, God, it's too loud. You're right. That's it. It's over for us. But I've seen at least 50 shows. They're tearing it down now. Um, it's, I don't even know, it was, it was never a good place. It just, it never, it was always stale. But I think they're selling the seats to the Irwin Center for those that even know what I'm talking about. If you're on I-35, take a look to your uh, left or right. It'll be gone soon, apparently. There's a lot to like. You can agree or disagree with this. Uh, there's a lot to like about Greg Popovich, the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. He's one of the best coaches in NBA history, obviously. He is one of the best coaches in any sport, professional sport that we've had. Uh, he's outspoken. He's fearless. In a world of dumb people that are fearful, he's a smart guy that's fearless. And in a world where certainly politically you don't go there, where he goes in sports, certainly not in the state of Texas, he's fearless on politics and issues. And I like it. He's a thinker. I like that too. He's a righteous guy. But this did not work for him. I don't think it worked at all. I think it was really tone deaf and out of touch. I think it was a bad look for a number of reasons. One, it didn't work. I don't think. You can disagree with me, but I don't think it worked, what he tried to do. Two, it looked and sounded silly. And three, I frankly, I think it was kind of disrespectful of people to pay money. Pay money to go to games? Shut up, coach. I'll boo all I want. Do you agree or disagree with him? Here it is. The Spurs are playing the Clippers. The Clippers beat the Spurs, I think 109-102, something like that. Kawhi Leonard helped the Spurs win a championship in 2014. He spent quite a few years with the Spurs, and it was an incredible run. He was the NBA Finals MVP going away. And he left for bigger money. 
The Spurs started to come apart. That's just what happens. They had a run not unlike the Patriots. It's just hard to keep it up, right? He even said, I don't have a Spurs jersey on, so they'll boo me for the rest of my career. And he was right. So the fans booed him when he was on the free throw line. And I say, so what? So what? He even, I think, says, so what? Greg Popovich was pissed. The free throws, Keldon picks up the personal foul. That is two on Keldon. Leonard. Coming an average of 21. Had that Monday. 80% from line in the season. And Kawhi with eight points tonight. Three of five from the floor. It is only three. Excuse me for a second. Pops on we the mic. We stopped all the boo and let these guys play. It's our own class. It's not who we are. Knock off the boo. I'm telling the fans to lay off Kawhi Leonard. But that's not San Antonio. Well, I don't believe I've ever seen that. Wait, what? Who was that? Yeah, they booed him, and then they booed the coach, and they should have. Stop it, man. Stop. Sit down. Cut it out. Come on. Come on. Like, I mean, I know he's a, you're a big deal, but say, no, no, no. They, my opinion is these people paid their money. Kawhi Leonard's fine with it. Do bad if he's not. So what? Is it classless? I don't know. You can have that opinion, too. But you know what you can't do? You can't tell people to pay the money to shut up. Not okay. I'm not okay with it at all. Then, and this is a guy I defend all the time. I've defended him for years. I've, I've watched him in amazement. Not just coach, but I've watched him politically in a state where the reason why I think he's always been untouchable politically when he calls Trump a jackass and a piece of trash and all that stuff that I pretty much say, he's been untouchable because he's old, white, and successful. That's my opinion. He's been able to skate under the radar without talk radio trying to eat him alive. But I think this was a bad look. I think it was a bad move. So then he goes to the news conference after the game, and he, I, I think, made it worse. Anybody that knows anything about sports, you don't poke the bear. But you told the fans that it was... I just, I just told you why I did it. What? Can you clarify that, though? What, um, I, 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 I spoke English. I just told you. you Anybody that knows anything about sports knows you don't poke the bear. That's my answer. What? Wait, what's it about? I mean, I have no problem with the reporter saying, well, what are you talking about? This, this doesn't, no. You said it was classless. Now you're saying, now he's saying, I take that to mean, now he's saying, well, look, don't make fun of Kawhi Leonard or he'll beat us. They beat you anyway, man. Everybody does. That, that was weak. All the way through, I think it was weak. <laughs> I think it's funny they booed him back. Like, I don't know. I just, it felt kind of bullying to me. Like, don't you know who I am? If I tell you to shut up, you shut up. Well, these people are paying 125 bucks to go watch some pretty bad basketball. You're not even very good. And they're there probably because one kid. But, no. I mean, if people want to argue with each other, if you want to call talk shows and argue about whether people should be booing, that's fine. 
But this is the question is, should a coach turn around, grab that mic from someone, which I also think is kind of uncool. What are you doing? Well, where, where's that mic coming from anyway? And saying stop it and then turn around and change the narrative in the news conference to, well, no, I mean, I wasn't telling them to shut up. But this is how I took it. I wasn't telling them to, you to shut up. I was just saying that's not smart because he's going to score a bunch of points. I don't know. What's your takeaway? Bad move, bad look, or perfectly reasonable? Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Pass the ball to the Jeff Ward Show. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. Stop talking, smoker voice. Let the kids talk. All right, here's the way this works. Uh, he is Cedric Golden, a famous writer for the Austin American Statesman. This is not about flipping houses or crypto. This is buy or sell. That means there's a statement made, and then you agree or disagree. We agree or disagree, and then back it up, hopefully. That's pretty much the way it works. Two media legends, five topics, and a moment of jackassery. This is buy or sell. That's buy or freaking sell. All right, gentlemen, buy or sell number one. Texas A&M got it right with Mike Elko. Buy or sell. I'm buying. I know it's not a sexy name, but Mike Elko was the guy they should have hired. It's not it's not the time to be overpaying again for for a splash name uh, on, only to see that person crash and burn in College Station. Mike Elko was the defensive coordinator for four seasons at A&M. He knows those Aggie streets. He knows the culture there. He knows the customs. He's a tough guy, and he's going to make a good offensive hire to get that offense going. Um, he's an SEC guy, so he knows what he's doing, and he turned Duke around. I know he's not Lane Kiffin, but Lane Kiffin was never coming from Ole Miss. Uh, Kyle Winningham was never coming from Utah. Uh, Tractor Trailer and UTSA, uh, I don't think that he, that he was a big enough name, as it turns out, even though I, I would have liked that hire as well. So uh, it's a sensible hire. It's not a... It's not one of those that's going to get the mainstream attention. It kind of reminds me of the Steve Sarkeesian hire at Texas, a guy who's done it, um, who's been a better assistant and a better head coach, a guy with some upside. I like the hire of Mike Elko at AM. I'm buying. I'm selling. My gosh. Only thing that makes me laugh is they got a guy that an Ivy League guy. That makes me laugh. Um yeah, I, I mean, I hope it works uh, because the world is a better place when A&M and Texas are good. But it, uh, I, I sell for a number of reasons. One, you got a guy that went seven and four at Duke. Uh, I, you know, I granted that's a turnaround, but he, here's what I don't think people. Here's where I think they were stuck, um, and this is a little embarrassing for A&M that this is the best they could do. Betting on a guy coming from a low-level program or mid-level program is going to make you win if you're a football factory like A&M is the streets are littered with it not working. I give you Tom Herman. I give you Charlie Strong. I give you countless hires of these guys that you do a good job at a, at a Louisville or a Houston or a Duke or wherever, and then for some reason it doesn't work at a, at a giant football factory. The reason is the job description and the skill set are different. 
when you when you coach at Duke, you just coach football and grind to win. When you coach at A and M, you kiss ass the whole time. You coach at Texas, you kiss ass the whole time. So I I I think it's I think it's a guess. I I don't think it's a slam dunk because you don't know that the person that coaches at Duke can handle the job description at A&M. You're no longer a coordinator. You're not wearing a headset and hiding behind uh, drawing up plays. Now you're out there sucking up to rich guys who give you money. The upside is it's about cash, and they'll outspend everyone else. So he's going to get good players. They already have a pretty good roster, I think. So I don't think it's that hard, but I, 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 don't, I don't think it... I don't think it's an absolute, and I think they desperately needed an absolute. And to say they're not paying him much, they're giving him $42 million. I don't know where this money keeps coming from. What's going on in Oil Caldwell? Oil and gas, baby. Oil and gas. My God, I mean, my God, look at Caldwell. So, I, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of a buzzkill. I hope it works for the guy because I hope a, an Ivy League guy <laughs> can succeed at A&M. That makes me laugh. But I, I don't think it's a slam dunk. Buy or freaking sell. The Texans and Jags and Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Stroud will be the NFL's best rivalry within two years. Buy or sell? Sell, sell, what? sell. That's not a sexy rivalry. Oh, my God. That's, they're not big enough. The AFC South isn't sexy enough for us to be speaking in those terms. Uh, quit. I mean, they're not Peyton Manning and Tom Brady at the beginning of their careers. You want a you want a rivalry? Let's go with Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts. Those teams actually hate each other, and those and those quarterbacks are young. Dak just turned thirty, uh, and and Jalen Hurts is like twenty five. That's a sexy rivalry. Whenever the the Chargers get get a decent head coach, let's talk about Jay, uh, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. That's a rivalry to watch. When Joe Burrow comes back from the wrist, how about Lamar Jackson versus Joe Burrow? Those 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 are the kind of guys, uh, those are Super Bowl-type contender rivalries. The Texans are a great story. Uh, I, I've already lost money on them with my futures bet. Great story. D'Amico Ryan's a great coach. But if we're trying to turn Trevor and CJ into this great rivalry in the next two years, I'm selling. Maybe in the next eight, but not in the next two. There's too many other good rivalries out there that I'd rather see, so I'm going to sell. I know what a buzzkill that is. My gosh. Um, you know I'm right, Jeff Ward. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm kind of buying. I, You know, I don't know. Until I watched that game on Sunday and how it unfolded and how good both of those teams are, I don't think they're – I don't think this is a fluke at all. I really don't. I think these are – these are now pretty solid rosters that are pretty good on both sides of the ball. And I like that game. I like that game between the Jags and the Texans more than I thought. And that game I, did, game. I did think had some sex appeal. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence and the Jags defense is now legit. I think he is going to work his way up to the upper echelon in quarterbacks. And I think C.J. Stroud is already there. The only thing he did wrong on Sunday was he took a couple of sacks when he shouldn't have. But... You know, that's because the guy's just trying to make plays. I, I like it. I, th- I think these two teams, I think there's more upside to these two rosters on both sides of the ball, not just the two quarterbacks, than there is in much of the AFC. I think the AFC is getting, if you watch the Chiefs, they're quickly getting dismantled as a roster. It's naturally going to happen. These two rosters are just going to grow. So 
I buy. I really do. I buy. I buy both of those guys, and I buy both of these teams. I mean, the the Texans are one turn of the ball, okay, from beating Jacksonville twice. Twice. Um, and that's because their quarterback got him down the field. So, I, I think you're being Scrooge. I like him. I do. I I just I think there's more. I think there's far more growth potential with these two teams than there is with Cincinnati, than there even was with Kansas City. Those are two franchises going to be carried only by quarterbacks, one of whom is already hurt all the time. These two teams, there's a lot around these guys. That's all the Texans need to do is find C.J. Stroud some more players. What happens when Jacksonville moves to London? Well, it's going to be, you know, it's London v. Houston. And then, uh, you know, the Texans are going to move to Frankfurt. So it's all going to work out. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Right. Now we're talking. Somebody's going to Frankfurt and somebody's going to London. We know that. I know. All right. Bill Belichick is the next NFL coach to get whacked. Buy or sell. Oh, man, there's no way I sell that. The Bill Belichick, uh, you that's like firing Jack Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> he built that thing. You can't, you can't whack <laughs> Belichick. Besides, there's so many horrible, horrible coaches out there just waiting to get whacked. What about River Boat Ron with the Washington Commanders? I, 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 don't, know, he, I don't know how, yeah. yeah. How's he still working? How's know. he still have a job? What about that idiot, Brandon Staley, with the Chargers? How's he still working? And I hate that Matt Eberflus Eberflus with the the Bears is in a rough situation. Um, I just, yeah, I just don't see where Bells, after all of those Super Bowls, um, gets whacked. He'll walk away, uh, but he won't get whacked. I I just don't think that Robert Kraft has the stones the pink slip, the man that has made you billions of dollars in NFL money and revenue uh, along with Tom Brady. So uh, I hate what the Patriots are looking like this year. That quarterback, Mac Mac Jones, is a nightmare, and uh, it's the worst Belichick team in decades. Uh, But um, he ain't getting whacked before those other guys. Yeah, they suck, and they're just going to get worse, and it gets uglier every week. And if his name wasn't Belichick, I think he would get whacked. But, nah, I'm selling that, too. You can't – he walks away. I don't think he's the coach of the Patriots next year, nor should he be. Uh, I don't know what you do with that team. It just needs it needs to be completely. It needs to be Irwin centered. It just needs to be destroyed. And then they need to go to Frankfurt, honestly. So wow. I'm, with you. I'm selling that. He's not going to get whacked. I, I have no idea how Ron Rivera didn't get fired the other day. I have no idea. Like I don't even understand that. He's got photos of that new owner. He's got something's going on there. I, I don't know. He's got like some software development thing that he's selling to somebody, but they suck. He was dead man walking. Brandon Staley's dead man walking. There's probably a couple of others that are dead man walking. And I do think Belichick is dead man walking in more ways than one. I just don't think he'll get fired this year because you just have to tell him, look, old man, how do you want to how do you want to end this? Because you're gonna we're gonna end it. So he uh, Give him two. Give him two percent ownership. Bump him up. See, Belichick wants to coach though. He's not a. He's not a front office type. No, he wants to coach. So I think he could end up coaching the Bears or 
he won't coach Washington. That facility is just all yeah. horrific. He uh, maybe coach the the Chargers. That would be a fit for him. You agree? He's not coaching the Patriots next year. No, he's done. No, he's not coming back to that. No. I mean, he's too old to be trying to resurrect something that's that we know is in the past. He needs to he needs to change his groove and and go coach in a warm weather climate and uh, that's good for his joints and go find a place <laughs> that has a good quarterback like like the Chargers, for instance. Yeah, um, I'm worried that the old man is not going to get a gig next year and he's not going to get that record. Um, he's going to take his shopping cart and his cardboard box and just sit on the corner somewhere because he looks like hell. I mean, look, the guy looks like his clothes somehow are getting worse. There's no way. They are. That shirt's getting worse. It's fading every single week. <laughs> Buy or freaking sell. The Dallas Cowboys will be the NFC's number two seed. Buy or sell? Worst question ever. Sell. (laughs) Worst question ever. Oh, no. no. Just an awful, awful, awful question. Um, They're they're not going to be the number two seed because they're not going to win the NFC East. They just aren't. And if here's the thing, if the Eagles had not kicked a 59-yard field goal in a monsoon, I don't know how that team figures out a way to win every week, but they do. That would have been their second loss. And then maybe just maybe the kind of that door opens up a little bit to the Cowboys. But the Cowboys have a rough, rough slate. And I don't have their schedule in front of me, but I know they play Seattle Thursday, and then I know they get um, some in whatever order they got Philly, they got Detroit, they got Buffalo, and then they got I think Miami. Yep. So th- that that is the second hardest schedule remaining in all of football, and so I don't think that they are are going to be able to navigate that gauntlet. And 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 you know you because you're basically saying they're going to go what. They're going to run the table, and Philly's got to lose a game to Dallas. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. You're saying Philly's got to lose two games. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't see them being the number two seed. They're going to be the best of the wild cards. They're going to end up going to the a- NFC South winner, and they're going to beat the crap out of the Falcons or the Saints, whoever wins that division. And um, and then and then they probably get to go to Detroit, and I like them in that game too. So the Cowboys are going to be fine. They're just not going to be the number two seed in the NFC. I mean, I know we smoked crack on here a few weeks ago, uh, figuratively speaking, but I'm I'm not ready to to go to heroin and put the Cowboys at the number two seed. That's not happening. It's still just crack. I mean, you you've now accepted that, that it's just it's pretty good crack. You've you've come around since uh, August. It's the crack is the Cowboys crack isn't all that bad. So, Nate, no, name right now, no. right now, name the four best teams in the entire NFL. Go. Philadelphia, Dallas. Uh, San, Francisco, San Francisco and Baltimore, right? And Baltimore, yes. Okay. Those are the four. Okay. Yes. So four. I, I'm, I, I probably wouldn't put money down on this, but I'll, I'll buy it. And here's how and why. First of all, you know who plays this coming Sunday? That would be San Francisco and Philadelphia. Big one. Yep. Huge for Dallas. I mean, this, this starts to open 
the Dallas door. This is why it's crack and not heroin still right now. I may soon be heroin after Sunday, but we'll see. So let's just say, I don't think it's a stretch to say Philadelphia is a little tired and spent. I mean, they have been working really hard. They're, they're blasting 59-yard field goals to get to overtime. I mean, they, they, are, they are really working hard. So let's say San Francisco beats them. Then Dallas gets them at home. Nobody's beating Dallas at home right now. You agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants any part of Dallas at home, obviously, right now. So then all of a sudden you got San Francisco beats Philly, Dallas beats Philly, and now it's game on. Now, I know and Dallas has a tough— not that good. Okay. No da- Buffalo is beatable okay. this year. Dallas has a tough stretch, sort of. And here's why it's sort of. By the time that Dallas gets Buffalo, Buffalo's finished. They got nothing to play for. So they, they mail it in. Because they, they spent everything trying to win a must-win game in Philly. They lose. The guts have been ripped out of them. Detroit, I think, has been exposed. Miami, by that time, one, Miami doesn't beat anybody any good. And by that time, it doesn't really matter that much. So Dallas is getting these good teams, what we thought were good teams, at a time in which these teams are either out of it or have already are on cruise control. There. That's They're playing at Buffalo, Jeff, and that might be that might be Alaska in three weeks. I know, but Buffalo. I mean, you know, OJ will be there. They're not going to care. They're done. They're going to be making snow angels. That's how Dallas has a chance to get a two seed. They do. I only. I would again. I wouldn't bet on it, but there's enough quirky stuff going on, including Philadelphia and and. San Francisco playing this weekend. If Philadelphia beats San Francisco, then forget it. Yeah, we go, we go straight. I'm not going to heroin. You're right. We got the crack pipe, and that we'll just stay with that. But if if San Francisco beats Philadelphia, and I think they might, just because of law of averages, I think the door starts to open up for Dallas. It's just kind of amazing to hear us talking in terms of Dallas rolling through December with no problems. When's the last time that happened? That's been a minute. I know it's. I I hear you. I, I, it's it's awkward to say it. It's just that it's setting itself up in a weird way because that Buffalo game that two weeks ago you and I would say, "Oh, look out, man!" Now they're they're almost done. And McDermott, I didn't mention him. He he's going to get whacked. If he's going to get whacked. Dallas beats them be in the snow, in front of OJ. He might get fired. OJ might fire him. And kill him. <laughs> OJ doesn't fire. He he, he, slashed, he, he just stabs. They're tackling. <laughs> buy or freaking sell. All right. Final buy or sell. Texas sneaks into the college football playoff. Buy or sell. Oh, my goodness. Um, man. I'm on a buy. But I'm speaking with my travel agent's heart. Wow. And not with a wow. gun to my <laughs> I don't want to go back to San Antonio. And so I'm buying because here's the thing. Florida State's only a two-point favorite to beat uh, Louisville. And Florida State lost its quarterback, Jordan Travis, to a horrific leg injury two weeks ago. And so it seems to me that if Florida State loses, I don't think the committee will jump uh, Texas with Oregon because Oregon, unless Oregon beat Washington, and that's the question. That's the question. I think Texas, if they blow away Oklahoma State, 
which is not impressive, but they still blow them away. And they walk in there with a 12 and one record and the best road win in all of college football all year, a 10 point win in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. You're telling me that they're going to deny the Longhorns. I know there are what four or five, 11 and 0 teams right now, but we know that Georgia's playing Alabama. Uh, there's a big chance that Alabama could win that game. I think that Longhorns' hopes will hinge on Florida State v. Louisville. I like Texas to sneak in there and get that number four spot. So I am buying. I'm selling, and that was crack. Okay, that was crack. <laughs> okay, wait a second. All right, I get, I get the Louisville thing. Okay, I. I Louisville, Florida State thing. That's fair. I mean, they're two. I think they're. You're right. I think they're two and a half point favorites. Okay, but hang on. That would mean Alabama would be Georgia, right? That's your. That's your theory here. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't. I, if Alabama beats Georgia, that then then I think all bets might be off because tech because that's the bit that would become the biggest. Right. Win I mean, you, that that year. would mean the SEC would get shut out. And there's there's like war if that happens. So the entire South just uh, I mean look out. That would be awesome just to see it. Yeah, happen. I mean there'd be muskets and everything. I, I wow. <laughs> or you're saying Alabama or all right, say the SEC gets someone in, the Big Ten gets somebody in. We agree with that. You're telling me that Washington beats Oregon and undefeated Washington, who will have beaten four ranked teams, would not get in, and Texas would. No, I was saying Oregon was going to be Washington. Okay, Oregon beats Washington. They're nine. I think Oregon's actually a t- more than a touchdown favorite. Okay, Oregon beats Washington. Texas. Nine and a half te- okay, favorite. Texas beats Cream Puff Oklahoma State with a MAGA hat coach, and then somehow Texas jumps Oregon. Louisville beats Florida State. All right, Florida State's out. So that gives you SEC is in one of the two, right? Big Ten is in one of the two, and. And Texas gets in over Pac-12, or Pac-12 gets in? Are you saying we've run out of spots here? We've run out of spots, and that's why I said I'm speaking with my travel agent hard. Okay, yet. I'm not done in my head. Um, I'm not. I'm not in a sports book right now. I got it. Saying those things, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So no, I mean, I. Uh, wow. One loss, Gunner. Texas. One loss, Texas. Jumps. One loss, Oregon. And gets in. Yeah. And Washington right now is number is Washington number four yeah. or five. Well, they they have, they have to lose. And I mean, I, I think Oregon does beat them. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, okay. So that means that Florida State would be booted out, obviously, and then Texas would jump Oregon, and Phil Knight's pissed. And Phil Knight's pissed, but the 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 realist what the realistic part of it is, the Longhorns are probably, yeah. And now I'm speaking with my sports writers, sports columnist heart, credibility heart. They're probably looking at doubt a Cotton Bowl bid yeah. here, which is not bad at yeah. all. Twenty years since they played in the Cotton Bowl, so um, they're probably looking at that. A lot will have to happen for the Longhorns. To go from seven to four, that's a massive jump. I think if I'm Texas, I want Georgia to beat Alabama. Yeah. 
we don't want Alabama jumping anyone. If 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 we're speaking in in uh, practical terms, but, but if, Al- if Alabama to- were to beat Georgia, and I, I mean, I, I don't think it's that outrageous just because of law of averages. I think Georgia's do they should have lost to Ohio State last year. To be honest, Ohio State had them. People forget that oh, yeah. all the time, and they talk about how great Georgia is. But so law of averages catches up with Georgia, and Saban catches fire, and they beat them. I I get that. I do think Texas is a right to be furious if they don't get in. I mean, I, I mean, they're going to stand there and say, with good reason, wait a second, we beat you by double digits in your own place. Do you think, Jeff, if Alabama beats Georgia, that Georgia falls out altogether, or is there a chance that Georgia just slides to four? Oof. They haven't played anybody. So I don't, I don't think it's right that they would still get in with one loss. I really don't. I don't see the the SEC could not the SEC could not get shut out. I'm telling you, there would be ESPN war and, like I said, muskets and everything. Uh, I I think the greater scenario is Oregon gets screwed or Washington gets screwed. Somebody out there gets screwed. I think Washington's going to lose. I I think Washington. They've been playing with yeah, but Washington State should have beat them last week. Um, I think Washington's going to lose. They're going to be out. That's going to be a big boon for or- for um, Oregon, and then and then Louisville uh, will probably lose to Florida State. Okay, they just all, lost all, all goofball matchups aside, do you think that Texas is one of the four best teams? I I, I don't. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't. But I do think they're one of the six best teams. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and there's not a lot. There's not a whole lot. They just they struggle against bad competition for most of the year. Yeah, I mean you got Houston going in to try and tie it. It's Houston. They just whack Dana. The, I mean they, it's they Houston. Said uh, you, Wyoming sticking around. I mean there's just two. Kansas State should have beat them five different ways. Had their coach not gone yeah. psycho himself, they lose that game. So yeah, you you just got too many. Uh, you went to what twenty nine twenty six against was that. Was that the TCU one, or I mean, they got lucky to win that. There's just too many. There's too many. There were too many close calls to just say without a shadow of a doubt that they're one of the four best teams. I you say that, but then if they play any of the four best teams with that with Texas's defense, they are in that game. They're in any of those games. Fair. They got a chance. Yeah. But their but their um their overall resume. Isn't great though. Alabama win is is the biggest win in 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 a long time. Alabama, Alabama and Texas play next Saturday. Who wins that game today or on Saturday? I I take Alabama. That's a that is that is a toss up because the quarterback for Alabama is so much better than he was. Yeah. He played at Texas. Yeah, and the Texas secondary, I don't, I wouldn't trust at all. They're banged up. They are banged up, and you they can be had on the back end. I don't think they'll have any problems this weekend because Alan Bowman is has got ten touchdowns and eleven picks. He ain't that guy. I'm not worried about Oklahoma State. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, I'm selling it, but I don't think it's that outrageous because of their name and their and their. I th- I think I don't think the resume is that good. I don't think the Big Twelve is very good this year. I I just think the fact that Alabama's continue to win has made Texas sexier, and they're just a big name. So the Pac twelve better look out. I think they're the ones that could get screwed in all this. Um, people you know, don't like them. That Oklahoma loss, them. man, is gonna gonna haunt the Longhorns for a long time. 
they win that game and we're not having this conversation. No, no doubt. They're in the top four. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Otherwise, you're going to end up in Dallas in the cold watching a meaningless game. I bought some isotoners for Iowa State. I'm all good. I'm all good. Isotoners. I haven't heard that in a while. Is that still a thing? Dan Marino's. (laughs) Wow. I didn't know that was still a thing. All right, Seth, as always, good stuff. Good talking to you, man. All right, man. Later. This is Buy or Sell.